got a day off work got, for it. No, it got took an hour. That's why I had to work late to make up for it. I'm not wasting an Sorry, hour. Sorry, boss. I can't, I can't come in today. I have to go to my, my future wife's confirmation. It does. It's very weird to say it. It makes me sound like a... But it's saying that, though. It's not that weird if you think about it. Because if someone was switching religions... You know what I mean? But like, that's, if you that's were, what it made me realize. Catholic. But, like, so this is what it made me realize is, like, Catholicism isn't built for people changing religions. It's built for people born into it. Like, when, when she was baptized Fair. as well, the priest had, like, his, his sermon, like, that, you know, the, the one that you've learned off. And most of it's about babies, and most of it's about when they grow up, they'll make this decision for themselves, or the godparents will have to speak because they can't speak for themselves, or as I lift, as I lift this baby into the... No, as, as, I, as, I, as I lift you into the font or something like that. The priest is saying, I'm not going to lift you, Nuria. Have you seen most of the pre-written vows for weddings? Is it all stuff about having babies, or...? Oh yeah, like it's a hundred percent. Like I can't wait to knock you up after this wedding shit's over. Like it's a hundred percent. I want everyone here to know that I'll be having unprotected sex as soon as possible. It's basically that's it. Like they don't explicitly say it. Obviously, they don't say like specifically about having kids. But like it's so on the fucking nose. Where it's oh. like, oh, if we happen to have a family soon, wink. And it's like Jesus. Come Has, on. Have you- have you ever read something or seen a tweet or something that kind of really fucked you up and not in the sense of saying something, you know, that kind of made you feel uncomfortable or not in the sense of had a deep lasting emotional impact. I mean, literally wrecked with your perception of things because you always think of that tweet or whatever you've read uh, when you're dealing with, or when you, when you hear about something like for me, for I example, I unfortunately have a lot of tweets that just come into my fucking head and I can't get rid of them. So the one I'm thinking of is it's something like whenever I talk to someone and they say they're trying for a baby, all I hear is my husband is doing huge cums in my pussy, and <laughs> it completely yeah, good wrecks and wrecks for me. Now, whenever I hear anything about conceiving, I'm like, oh god! As you know, so you're doing your 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 vows, and that's all implicit. You're fa- talking to your family, and that's really what's implicit there. There was one, like, there was one a little while back, and. I mean, I hope I can keep it together because I, it, when I first read it, I was laughing for like 40 minutes straight. I was laughing so much that Aoife didn't find it funny, but eventually I kept laughing, so it came back around where she couldn't stop laughing just on the basis that I wouldn't shut the fuck up laughing. It is, it is amazing when things become peer pressure funny. I, I don't yeah. think I found um, Shaun of the Dead funny the first time I watched it, but everyone else just kept finding it funny, and now I find it funny. I, so there's a lot, I love Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead's probably one of my favorite films. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like funny. I think it's like very clearly a comedy, but there's not many moments in it where it's like, oh yeah, I break the, I, I break down laughing every time at this part. Like, yeah. the funniest gag in the film is probably when they're, where they're beating the pub owner zombie to Queen. Yeah, and that's I think what I remember not finding funny, and then thinking maybe yeah. this isn't for me. But I do, I think I, I like pre- they're not like they're. I don't think the jokes in that one is specific. Like Hot Fuzz is very funny, and the jokes in Hot Fuzz are very funny. Although I prefer Shaun of the Dead, but I think the I just don't think Shaun of the Dead is like laugh out loud funny. I don't think the jokes in it are like oh you just fucking can't stop cracking up at this stupid bullshit. It's just kind of like yeah you know it's a funny movie. It's funny gags, well paced. Yeah. Well acted. I think I think Hot Fuzz is the stronger movie because 
what like really the strength of those movies is like the random innocuous lines that are set up that pay off later on. And I think yeah. it, it does that more strongly, like the farmer's mum stuff. Or um Yeah, or yeah, you know, like the you know, when he's um when he's taking out the committee uh, at the end and he, pretty much all of them have some form of uh of like callback for when he takes them out. Like even even some of them who aren't prominent like I think I think I was rewatching bits of it. And two of the people he shoots are um the actors who they keep referring to, you know, and they're like, We I can't believe that they're making a mockery of Shakespeare and we've got professional actors in the village. And you yeah. know, they they like keep pointing the two people who are just in the background and keep waving. But when he shoots them, they like have these horrible hammy deaths where like when they go down and they're like, ah! Like, yeah, like which is such a like a you don't even notice it because it cuts to them him shooting the next people. It's like just in the background, and it's such a good joke to be buried, like in almost entirely in subtext, or not subtext, but when, like not put to the front at back, all. When he goes back to the town with like the shotgun and all the weapons, and he's armed up and stuff, um, that has like some of the most noticeable ADR in any film, and I can't. I can't ever watch the film without immediately noticing it and getting distracted by like how very clearly dubbed over the whole thing oh, is. Oh, really? I uh, yeah, now you yeah, probably yeah. ruined it. This is almost like coming back then to what I was saying about things that fuck you up. You know, that's not exactly a tweet, but I'm going to remember that now. And you've just spoiled the ending of Hot Fuzz for me now yeah. for forever and for everyone listening sh- to this. When he shows up and it's basically like the western, he has the sunglasses and stuff on the toothpick. From that point on, well, not from that point on. But a lot of following on from that is ADR, and it's like so noticeable, and I notice it every time, and it's always distracting. Like every, and I can't like I know it's coming up, and then when it happens, I'm like, oh, there it is again. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, why am I paying attention to it? I know it's there. It doesn't matter. Just <laughs> ignore it. I um, yeah. Did you know that Simon Pegg was an alcoholic? No. I was reading something recently. Where um, apparently that final movie in the trilogy is a um, like an allegory for his real life struggles he was going through um, in terms of his battles with alcoholism. But apparently he's been battling he was battling alcoholism like for quite a while, and he had taken like injunctions out on newspapers and stuff to stop stories getting leaked, which is why no one knew about it till he brought it up. I had no fucking clue he was an alcoholic, and it's kind of crazy to hear that like after all those years that he was like heavily depressed and drinking all the time. Um, like, apparently he got off the plane, I think when he was having his first kid, or maybe his second kid, and rather than go to the hospital, he went to the hotel, or he went to the airport bar, and had pints instead before going to the going to the hospital. Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. And that's it's like, a... shit, wow, okay. I guess, I guess, like, I don't know, is, is alcoholism just something that's very easy to hide? You know, if if you're if you're PR people and you're trying to manage someone's image, because like you remember when Daniel Radcliffe came out about being an alcoholic, and people were just like, "Really?" Like it's almost like it seemed to come completely out of nowhere. People are almost saying, "You weren't. You're just saying that to seem edgier," because like I can't you know, imagine being a child actor and not being an alcoholic, especially a successful child actor. Fuck it, I was nearly an alcoholic when I was in college, and I had no money. If I had loads of money, imagine how bad it would have been. Because it's just yeah, it's, it's, a lot. It's, like, it's it's a major worry in my life. Like at some point, I'm gonna stop drinking entirely um, and just be done. Like I'll never drink again, and that'll be that'll be me finished with alcohol. Yeah. But like it's a major worry in my life because I've on many occasions noticed myself getting like 
like very close to the edge when it comes to to alcoholism and it's you know people try to make excuses for it and it's like yeah i don't know dude when you're telling me like nine days in a row i was drinking just there for no fucking reason like that's pretty bad i like i don't know why we're trying to make excuses here that's really bad that's not good yeah yeah i i part of covid i drank like every fucking day nearly and i didn't notice i was even doing it i didn't notice i was doing it till i had put on like 30 pounds just from fucking drinking but I think I think the early days of COVID were almost like their own, um, their own thing. You know, like there's almost like such a weird suspended reality that it was very difficult to measure any normal behaviors against it. It's the same way of saying like, oh yeah, when I was waiting for a flight, I ended up going to the airport bar and drinking a lot, and it's sort of because it was just, it wasn't it wasn't normality until it went on for so long that it was, and then you yeah. can start being like, oh okay. Yeah, this is self-destructive behavior now. I should rein it in. I mean, that's why I stay away from um. That's why I stay away from drinking for like the first like, what is it? Eight weeks in a new year, seven weeks in a new year, um, just to force myself to take a long extended break where I'm not drinking, and like distancing myself from touching alcohol. Like, I mean, it was a real problem for the wedding because I wasn't even slightly buzzed at any point. From like a week before the wedding, like probably up till about Christmas. Yeah. Because I had been drinking heavily, like over the the several weeks before that with everything that was going on. And like over the wedding, even like we were out most nights, I was barely drinking water. I was only really having water in the morning when I was at the gym. And then I wasn't drinking water for the rest of the day and wasn't getting any water from coffee or anything like that. And then like we'd be drinking and like it wouldn't even bother me. Like I, I wasn't even like slightly buzzed and I wasn't hungover at all the next day. Like nothing. The worst I was at any point over that like entire three weeks was the day after the wedding because we went to bed super late and I had to get up super early to say goodbye to people before they left. And I was just tired. That's all that was. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Do you not find, I find anyway that if I'm not drinking, then I'll uh, like, not only will I get a much worse hangover, but the hangover will start much earlier. If, you know, if I'm not drinking... And then I start drinking and I have a pint or two. I'll almost, you know, like six or seven. I'll start feeling a hangover, start to come in at like 10 o'clock. I, I so feel you like. You have to make sure you don't. So that's the problem with day drinking, right? Because like day drinking is like fun. And it's like fun to have like a nice buzz, like on a, like in the middle of the day, just like, you know, being out with friends. But if you don't time your drinks properly, you'll start to sober up early. You'll never get that buzz back because you can't. Once it's gone, it's gone. You'll never get that buzz back for the rest of the day. But also, you'll start to get like I I get like a mid hangover, like midday if I if I stop at any point. And it's all especially if, if it's sunny, then it's terrible yeah. to have a hangover in the bright blinding sun. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if I go at like two o'clock and like I get a nice little buzz going by like say three half three, and then I like lose it, I'm fucked then because I'm not gonna get that back. So there's no point in me drinking anymore. But also like I'm gonna start to get a bit of a headache, like a hangover type headache. I've always After been so that, shit at that as well. Like for day yeah. drinking, you know, and it's not when it, when you have the buzz, it's lovely, it's so nice. But I've always been really, really terrible. Always been implied that it's still an ongoing concern when I haven't been fucking day drinking in years now. I'd say, but I used to be so bad at it because I'd either yeah not drink enough and get a midday hangover and want to go home and go to sleep, or I'd have to, I'd power through too much and then be just drunk by seven o'clock, and that's not good yeah. either. Because it's, it's yeah. you know, when you're shit faced, I'm not even shit faced, when you're quite drunk and you're very aware no one really else is, you know, maybe your group is, people around you aren't. That's a, such an uncomfortable feeling. You're trying to like yeah. control like a puppet. 
it's almost like it's it's like um it's like you know when you play a real-time strategy game and you can give orders to your guys to go somewhere and do something but you're not directly controlling them so you just have to hope that they do it correctly that's sort of what it's like then when you're like okay just act normal let's see if let's see see almost in third person if 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 drunk dan can act normal for a few hours <laughs> hey, that's good though that's that probably means that you're probably not going to become an alcoholic because you feel too ashamed to, to be drunk shame is the main thing that keeps me in check all over well, in, is, in all aspects like, of my life but it's funny how you were saying earlier when you were saying like you know it must be easy to hide alcoholism i think alcoholism is the one thing that's super hard to hide or what that you'd assume would be super hard to hide no, I don't know because I think it's the social. Like you can, you know, you can be drinking at a bar and go to another bar and be drinking. And if you're a hard alcoholic or you used to drink, you mightn't be showing up as completely shit faced. Whereas there's no socially acceptable way to see someone snorting cocaine, you know. But but so there's very clear signs. Like even if someone's not like shit faced though when they're drinking, there's very clear signs that they've been drinking. And namely, it's the smell. Like, the people that are out, like, drinking and have drank quite a bit always smell like alcohol. Yeah, but that's like, an I've easy thing to hide. Like, if, if you're a celebrity, it? it's easy to hide because the, photograph, the, fo- the photograph isn't going to show your smell. And unless you get close enough to people, they won't smell it off you either. And even if they do smell it off you, it's a second-hand account or a third-hand account at that stage of, of you being an alcoholic. Right, they might just think you've been drinking. What about all those press photographs of Liam Neeson showing that he'd wet himself? <laughs> he's just having a good time bro that's a, that's a good point that's a good point. i do i mean I, I i don't think it's like i don't think it's you know i'm not saying that like it's inherently super easy to hide if you're if your celebrity is an alcoholic i would have just said that if you're a pr company or something you're trying to manage a celebrity's public image of the personal substance uh, issues that they could have alcoholism would seem to be one of the easier ones to hide <laughs> Certainly, it seems that when people come out about alcoholism, it co- tends to come out with no like inkling that it, it had been there before. Whereas when people come out about other stuff, you know, like sex addiction or um, drug addiction or stuff, it generally seems to follow. Like, hang on now, Philip, C- Philip Seymour Hoffman was doing heroin for all them years, and nobody ever suspected the thing until he actually died. Did they not? I, I mean, again, I'm not. Maybe, maybe it's hindsight coloring that in now, but I'm pretty sure I remember. Um, reports of of him talking, even him talking about it, uh, in the build up to maybe yeah, it was some I, retrospective on Boogie Nights, I think, and he was talking I, about how half of them were on it. Oh, well, hmm. I'm pretty sure he's. Uh, I'm pretty sure he relapsed. This is what got him. That's usually that what might gets be it. Yeah, everyone. yeah, he was probably yeah. he was probably talking about his first spell with it yeah. or something. And then well, look at all. Then look at all his. Then look at Oliver Stone when his drug abuse. Uh, clearly came very much to the fore when he was coked off his mind on the stage taking the Oscar, like famously. I don't. I've never seen that clip. What's he like? Like full red eyed. Oh yeah, he's out of his mind. Amazing. I sort of love Oliver Stone. Just because. I mean, I'm, you're going to say now. You're going to probably. It turns out he's a shit person. But just in terms of like, I don't think there's anyone quite as intense in his specific direction working in Hollywood. You know. Most Hollywood people are intense, like Scorsese is intense, and they're like, oh, you have to watch Truffaut, you have to watch Uzo, oh god, I love Kurosawa. Whereas Stone just seems like he wouldn't blink enough when he's talking to you. (laughs) And I kind of just admire that in a person. Yeah, fair. 
bit like Clint Eastwood. There's a man who doesn't blink. Fucking, I feel like Clint Eastwood, I, I know for a fact Clint Eastwood would hate me if he met me. Like, he'd hate me within four seconds, just based off body language and voice. I, what 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 actor do you think? What celebrity do you think would hate you the most? Clint Eastwood, a hundred percent. I'm blocking my answer now. That's, good. That's a good one. Good to have for the story as well that Clint Eastwood hates me. That's a good party story. Who would hate me the most? I wonder. Well, I think Clint Eastwood would hate everybody. To be fair, no, I don't know. Now. Lawrence, like, Lawrence Fox would definitely hate me. Fucking hell. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, I did say celebrity. <laughs> well, how long are we get? How long are we getting to? How long are we getting? Are, are they getting to know us? Like, what about like? Is it someone who's just going to hate us by looking at us? Or, I oh, mean, yeah, but that's, that's, that's still might be Lawrence Fox. That's a good point. Yeah, or like, we, if, if or it's getting we, to know we, us, do we have ten minutes, fifteen minutes, half an hour, a full day to work up a solid hatred? How long would oh, it take man, Kevin I... Sorbo to hate you? I oh, can make any. Is. I can make any celebrity hate me in fifteen minutes. Yo, you give me fifteen minutes. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah, but if you're trying of... to make him hate you, and Kevin Sorbo's the guy who played Hercules and who's now like big in all the Trump right wing circles. He was the he was in um. I was like, God's not who? real. Who? As I say, you know, who? you remember Hercules the that Sky Show? Or was it? Nope. It was on Sky here, but the one it was, that it like, had it. The only Hercules crossover with Xena. The only yeah, Hercules the, show I've ever watched is the Disney adaptation. You've never, you never saw the one, yeah? And he was like friends with Xena. Never seen Xena either. Xena's ah, way Did better. Xena Warrior fair. Princess. That was great. I love that. show. Also, I'm pretty sure Lucy Lawless is like woke, so that's okay. So that's good. Already, fucking awesome. Xena was great. Lucy Lawless was great in it. There was a PlayStation One video game of Xena Warrior Princess that was huh. uh, terrible, and I loved it. I rented it from ExtraVision twice. <laughs> That's how good nice. it was. Also, she was part of one of the, the best late-stage Simpsons jokes, where she's in the Trios of Horror, <laughs> and she, she <laughs> saves Lawless. She's, 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 she's as Xena, and, peop- and uh, she, she, like in her Xena costume, she you know, saves them from the villain and picks them up and starts flying away, and Lisa's like, wait a minute, Xena can't fly. I told you, I'm not Xena. I'm the actress Lucy Lawless. <laughs> oh. And then they just and she just flies off. Uh. Yeah, that's there's only two video games I ever rented more than once as a kid from Extra Vision. Once one was Xena and one was Looney Tunes. Sick. I kept renting oh, Rayman suck. 2. I kept trying oh, to like, yeah. do it in like one go. I never I never got further than like level three. <laughs> I never rented a computer game in my life. It was great. I mean, it's, it's it's not really a thing anymore. Yeah, I think any gaming I did was long after the era of Extra Vision actually renting games. I thought it was amazing it's when great. I found out I could yeah. do it. But then I started renting random fucking terrible games that I knew. I, I realized as soon as I rented them, like, you know, the bad Final Fantasies, like that there was a reason why I hadn't bought them to begin with. Huh. I can never remember the numbers, but I like I feel like people know the good Final Fantasies vaguely just based on how familiar their characters look. So the ones with the unfamiliar characters it was one of those ones. Huh. I, mean, I have um, a theory that uh, that people say the good Final Fantasy and they just talk about the only four that they've ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. The four yeah, that yeah. I recognize. Yeah, the four most noticeable games and they'd be like, yeah, these are the good ones though and it's like, because they're the only ones you've played or... I'm, not even, I'm not even sure I'm not even sure I could do four. I'm sure if I if I tried to pick out four Final Fantasy protagonists, <laughs> I'd accidentally pick the guy from um, Kingdom Hearts instead. Final Fantasy 1, <laughs> 2, 3, 4. 
I remember I saw that. Did you ever see that movie, the Final Fantasy movie that came out? That wasn't based uh, on any of the spirits games. Spirits, spirits, that fucking terrified the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, that I was, was a so weird scared movie. scared of it. Yeah. Um, because it was about like ghosts or spirit. Like it was literally about like spirits who would steal yeah, your soul. Essentially, it was terrifying. Um, yeah, my parents good. took me to see it because uh, I didn't think. I think my parents consistently underestimated how how brave I was as a child. <laughs> I think they com- they completely thought I was a normal child instead of like a sensitive coward boy. So <laughs> they took me to see that and they freaked me out. And they took me to see the Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring, which now is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and I was really, really scared by Gollum in it. Yeah. And that movie came Gollum's out. And I was like, Gollum's a freak, man. Yeah, but he's not that freaky. Like he's just big eyes and bad posture. I've got big nah, eyes and bad he's posture on... now, and children well, shouldn't be scared no. of me. No, Gollum is fundamentally freaky because it's something that looks human but isn't. Close, I mean, but no cigar. Te- technically, Frodo also looks human but isn't, and Legolas and Gimli. Right, but like the hobbits are proportional; they're just scaled down. You got big feet, to be fair, but big hair. Oh, I scaled Elijah you know what that up. Means. <laughs> I think. I think Annie, to answer the question, any serious Shakespearean actor, I think, would dislike me after about ten or fifteen minutes of conversation. Why? I just think they'd want to talk about shit that I wouldn't want to talk about. And what I might, would you want to talk about? I don't know. My day. Like, I don't know what I, I don't. What would you think I, a Shakespearean actor would want to talk about? Fucking Shakespeare, okay. I assume. I don't know. Right. I just, look, I just can't conceive of having a conversation with Ian McKellen, for example. Patrick Stewart, I feel, would talk about anything. His work on American Dad has convinced me that he is just the least judgmental person going in terms of topics. He'll, he'll, he'll be happily talking about. He always he'll be happy to talk about the podcast. We can have him on the podcast. He'll, he'll talk about which celebrities would hate him the most. People never I, want to talk. I mean, he people could, never want to talk shop to lay people, anyway. Or maybe actually no. It would be the op- What would happen was I'd talk to Ian McKellen and would want to talk to him about Macbeth uh, or something like that, and he'd be like, "For fuck's sake, I'm trying to have my tea," and that that's that's how I'd alienate him. I think Kelsey Grammer would get sick of my shit within ten minutes. Ah, that's <laughs> a good. That's a good one. Yeah, I think I Kelsey Grammer. I would. He'd put on a very nice facade because he seems like a nice man for about five minutes. And I'd just fucking wear him down. I just, I, I'd see it. I'd see it happening. I'd see the button, and I'd push the fucking button. I just can't stop myself. I generally find I don't get on well in in a in the one sided ways, and they don't like me, not I don't like them. With people above a certain age, like sixty five or something, I just, I've you know, in work, whenever I encounter people above that age, and I try to be friendly to them, it just doesn't seem to work. Um, I get on well. I, you know, I'm quite quite well liked to people below that age. So I don't know if there's a fundamental disconnect in how you're supposed to socialize or the means of communicating above a certain age. I think Russell Crowe would hate me. Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Uh, I mean, he hates everybody, and he's serious anger issues. But uh, does I mean, he still? I feel like is, is he like he, I don't think he's in anything in a long time. Hmm. No, he was in some stuff recently, wasn't he? Was he? I don't know. I was gonna say. Is um, I think he was if, in some uh, B movies. Doesn't he live in like the middle of the woods? Does he? All I know is he all he tweets about is cricket and rugby. Yeah, I, I think I think he lives in like the middle of the fucking like the outback in Australia. <laughs> I mean, good for him. It's like I was watching I'm some like, interview I'm like with him. Um... For some reason, I seen him. I think I seen him in an interview 
during COVID and he was just like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like he was just like, he was like essentially surrounded by woodland. Like there was nothing for miles. Which in fairness is how my aunt lives, but like, you know, <laughs> he's like out there, out there. I'm looking at Russell Crowe's uh, Wikipedia page now, and it's reminding me of one of my favorite things about Wikipedia, which is when they're not really sure what nationality to give someone, and they just kind of tiptoe around it as best they can. So Russell Crowe, uh, they just say, he was born in New Zealand, spent 10 years of his childhood in Australia, and moved there permanently at age 21. Makes no claim otherwise. Because clearly I think they want to say he's an Australian actor, but I think he's a New Zealand citizen. I didn't he was a kiwi i always assumed he was australian yeah it's weird maybe he also has yeah it says here he's got new zealand citizenship maybe he also has australian citizenship do you do any do either of you guys think you could make it through a polite dinner party with steven seagal oh Oh, god no 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 jesus okay but when i I was thinking about celebrities hating you i was also thinking like you're trying to make them like you i don't think i could even try to make steven seagal like me i think i'd be so I, irritated by him after like i would i would try and show kelsey grammar a good time i would try and shit shit talk with him you know give a bit of bounce <laughs> i just feel like kelsey grammar is not my target audience i feel like he's the opposite of people that like me <laughs> one of, <laughs> and he one probably of my... wouldn't last very long and also, Kelsey Grammer, people tell stories about him and they're all very positive. So you'd know that if he didn't like you, it would be to some degree your personality, whereas everyone who speaks about Steven Seagal is pretty much <laughs> unanimously like, he's a piece of shit. So if Steven like Seagal didn't like community? me, did they like him? Or do yeah, they just he's tolerate like a bi- him? No, he's like a big meme there and they all like play into his, his combat master persona. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd imagine, is that it's sort of like this yeah, ironic... Yeah. So he, tra- he, he commented one time that he trained Anderson Silva, his front kick that he used, that he used to retain the title one time. And uh, when Anderson Silva was asked about it, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Seagal trained me. <laughs> it's like, no, he fucking didn't. Seagal hasn't been able to throw a kick in like 20 years. Longer. Like, yeah, I mean, he trained me. Seagal moves like an early PlayStation uh, protagonist. Like it's just, there's, it, it's so, it's all straight lines. And he does no. It's it's a. He's amazing. He actually he moves like um like a robot in Robot Wars. Like he I know he can't, he's, he can't get too far away from his his torso. His, his limbs aren't allowed to swing. I know much. he's a. I know he's a bigger dude now, but I'd imagine as well he's probably fairly beat up physically. Um, because even if you watch like old Seagal films, he doesn't move particularly well in them, and he's young there. I would describe his movement style as arthritic. Definitely, like there must be a certain. Yeah, like you look Wear at him, like you look at him in like his thirties or whatever, and like he still <laughs> doesn't really move great. So like, I'm not shocked that he doesn't move well now that he's a lot older. I mean, you don't tend to, uh, you don't tend to improve <laughs> mobility as you age. <laughs> Shockingly, it goes further downhill. I, I've been just looking for some more material here for our Arsenal celebrities thing. Apparently, apparently Russell Crowe and Azalea Banks had a bust up before. I hope Azalea Banks floored him. I hope he floored Azealia Banks. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, everyone in Ireland is squabbling with uh, Azealia Banks after she slagged off Aer Lingus and called us leprechauns. Fine. Yeah, she's not supposed to be very nice. That's a, so there's, uh, that's a good Peter one. very nice. I feel like Russell Crowe's anger is righteous in this case. Possibly many cases. <laughs> Do you, you know the context of his bust up with Azealia Banks? Or Yeah, she made fun of Aer Lingus. He's like, I fucking love that airline. <laughs> you, you, you bitch. <laughs> 
Apparently, she turned up to his hotel suite as a plus one from hell and threatened to cut. I'm reading from TMZ in a news report here, dated 10th of the 6th or 16th of the 10th, 2016. Bizarre incident went down Saturday night in Russell's uh... room in the Bev Hills Hotel, where he'd invited about 10 people over to have dinner and listen to music. It's a dinner party. And Azealia Banks turned up to Russell Crowe's gaff for a dinner party. Azealia laughed out loud at Russell's music collection, then called him and at least one other guest boring white men. Fair. Then a female guest jumped to Russell's defense and suggested Banks pipe down. Instead, we're told she made an insane speech slash threat to Crow and the woman. You would love it if I broke my glass, stabbed you guys in the throat, and blood would squirt everywhere like some real Tarantino shit. Never good measure. Witnesses say she dropped a few n bombs. Yet Crow remains surprisingly calm. We're told Azelia reached for her glass, cocked it back, and that's when Russell had enough. He grabbed her in a bear hug and carried her out of the suite. Then he called hotel security. (laughs) I wish I was there. Also. Also, who the fuck's plus one was she? <laughs> was it she doesn't pissed? say. So whoever whoever's leaked this story doesn't want to embarrass whoever whatever poor bastard brought her. But the level of detail in like remembering what she said is that like they were fucking I mean, horrified. Is, by it. Oh wait, no, fairness. sorry. Someone called Orzia was brought her along. Who's that? That's a rapper. Yeah, I have no idea. Orzia brought her as a plus one. Orzia, Robert Fitzgerald Diggs. <laughs> Jesus. Record producer. Oh, okay. Then, oh, yeah, of course the fucking knobhead shows up. Oh, sorry. He's one of, like, oh. okay. He's one of the original, the original Wu Tang Clan. He's the de facto oh. leader of Wu Tang Clan. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page too, and they put de facto in italics, like they would if he was the de facto leader of ISIS or some other sort of <laughs> geopolitical organization. I want to know who no. the de jure leader of, of Wu Tang Clan, according I'm to a... primogeniture, old dirty bastard, should have inherited the title. But, uh, I, mean, I, I, I love uh... I love Wu Tang Clan, but I just can't keep up with all the acronyms. No, neither can I. Great music though. Oh yeah, I got a Wu Tang um... Clan hoodie at one point. Pennies are selling them right now if you want another one. I think that's where I got the original. Probably. I was in there buying a shirt today and they had, a, had the Wu-Tang Clan stuff out. And I just yeah. I remember thinking like, I don't think these are, uh, I don't think this is your audience, guys. <laughs> I know they just kind of buy licenses on the cheap, but I don't think your audience is, uh, I don't think your audience is the Wu-Tang Clan hoodie. Is that um, what pennies people. do, though? They, they buy licenses? Because I've never understood how they have so much Harry Potter merch in there, when that must be one of the most expensive licenses going. It's, it's expensive uh. in terms of, like, if you're trying to make, like, a movie out of it. I can't imagine, like, T-shirt production rights are very expensive. They're probably very cheap. Um, because, I mean, how many people make Harry Potter T-shirts? Fucking thousands. Yeah, you know? yeah, I guess so. Clearly not like exclusive rights. Is... It's more yeah, original like, oh, than a Ramon shirt, though. I mean... The... <laughs> <laughs> probably actually um yeah i mean that's how all their stuff works it's why it's why you walk in the door after like a hit show comes out and it's like oh we have stranger things shit everywhere but like what is their t-shirt if you think about it it's just a t-shirt that says stranger thing like it's just the logo they don't even go to like any efforts to like put out a t-shirt it's just it's the logo and it says stranger things and it's like okay i don't know i don't know who buys this stuff <laughs> like i just i don't get it like who like if you walk down the street <laughs> With a t-shirt on that just says Stranger Things. I don't think anyone's going, cool. It might put me in against the vast flow of, of, of mainstream opinion, but I don't understand the point of owning a shirt with anything on it in general. You're not going to read it. Oh, I don't. I don't care about. I don't care about anything enough that I want people in the street walking by to you know, man, that guy really likes Bionicles. 
I don't. I don't. Now, first I don't of all, think that's, that's a lot. You would you would wear a Bionicle shirt everywhere. So don't okay, even. Start yeah. that. Sorry, sorry. That, well, only example. if it had only if it had Toa Tahu on the front, the de facto and de jure leader of the Bionicles. But well, if it had fucking Lewa or Co, or Co, Co what was it, Kopaka, then fuck off. I don't want them anywhere near my shirt. Well, I stopped wearing largely brand T-shirts after um after I read on Men's Fashion Advice on Reddit about six seven years ago that it was passe to wear uh, brands that you, you know, brands for music bands that you didn't like or hadn't been to a concert for because that, you know, that is more authentic uh, or wear graphic t-shirts, for instance, for events that you didn't go to or indeed events that don't exist or companies that don't exist. But it is more real and authentic to wear cool designs if you have some genuine connection to it and it is a cool design. For me, it's I just say like... wear a shirt. It's just like a tattoo. <laughs> I, I don't give it. I don't give enough of a shit about anything to want it visually displayed. How how is it just like a tattoo? No, it's the same different. idea to me is that you're presenting it to like it's it's taking something, taking any image and projecting it outward so for people to see. Which means that you generally it has to be something that you care about and you have a connection to that you want people to see. And surely, I don't think surely there's a difference between wearing it like a t-shirt with the Guinness logo on it to do your laundry or go for a jog in than having the Guinness harp tattooed onto your bicep. Yeah, yeah, obviously. One's one's much more intense oh, that than the other, but it's, the, it's the same principle. And on, and on the same principle, I don't have enough of a connection with anything even to get a t-shirt of it. <laughs> Nothing. I don't think so. What I want to give me a t-shirt with Nuria's face on it. I do have a Man United jersey, but at this stage it's a legacy thing and I mostly use it for working out because it's my lightest shirt. Ah. Uh, what about any clubs or societies that you're in in college? Kids wear those hoodies the whole time. They're great. I had a summer, I had a Somerville College hoodie somewhere and I, I don't know where it's gone. I got, I got a Bank of Ireland hoodie uh, the other day. They were given it and Nuria claimed it immediately. Huh. So that's her. That's hers now. Well, not that I'd wear that with pride or anything. It would just look. Like, work not give you like a Bank more... of Ireland. Would they not give you a Bank of Ireland soft shell to work in? No. A bit more useful. No. They fucking. Yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't delve too much into the, what Bank of Ireland spends its money on for employees. But if I was a um, if I was a grifter, I would write one of these. You know how to be productive in the workplace books and just travel around giving lightly humorous talks to different departments in different companies and then announce at the end that everyone in the audience gets a copy of my book because the company has bought it for all of them. Ultimate way to con a living. Yeah, I could see that. It doesn't even have to be true. You just say random shit. If anything, I've gotten less productive as time has gone on. Uh. I try to implement all of these fucking nonsense suggestions about like at the moment they gave us they gave us a pad of uh, like a, a you know, one of these big pads of paper that you're supposed to work on and then you can take notes on and blah 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 and it has to like visualize objectivize implement in like a kind of a, a circle so like one hour leads into the other into the other and I still don't really fucking know what it means but they gave it to me so I feel like someone somewhere thinks they know what it means. Uh, I hate those things. They're so fucking annoying. I feel like yeah. nearly all corporate, not, maybe not the corporate best, uh, culture in general, but it is all just fucking based on people trying best, to make um, their job harder than it is. 
What's the best piece of like work swag you've ever been given in your life? Because I've been given a lot, and I hate ninety nine percent of it. Like I'm up for I fucking a lot of the time I've asked them to keep it because I don't want it in my fucking house. Like please don't send me this. Um, Sunday business food. first umbrella. The umbrella. There's only three things I've ever been given that are worth anything. I was given two keep cups in two different jobs. Very good uh-huh. gift. Yeah, I do um, like keep cups. And I was given a one of those, you know those very expensive water bottles that are insulated? So oh, if yeah. you put the hot liquid in, they stay hot for like eight hours. If you put cold liquid in, it stays cold for like 12 hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I was given one of them. I priced it one time. It was like 130 euro for this fucking bottle. And um, I left it in the office when COVID hit, so I'm never getting that huh? bag. That's gone. Don't even work there anymore. <laughs> Moved to two different jobs since then. But that's the only other thing I've ever been given that was worth it. Everything else is fucking horseshit. Like. I uh, it's the umbrellas for me. Okay. I have a series of. I'm not a brawly guy. Publications and media outlets that I worked for, with the logo. Put them in the car on a really wet on a really down like you know when it's really wet rain and it's not too windy. Yeah. That's yeah. the day you need a brolly for that straight down all drenching rain and you do have to go out and do some some shit like, not too much wind but a lot of rain. That's the day for the brolly. Yeah, I I have the worst attitude when it comes to rain because I either want to leave the house and I'm not going to because it's raining or I know I have to leave the house and I've already committed to I'm going to get fucking drenched when I go out today and that's fine. Yeah, also you don't it. own a raincoat. I don't need to own a raincoat. <laughs> I own a lot of jackets that are very good for waterproof, but it doesn't matter. I will not use an umbrella. It's something in my fucking head. I'll just walk out into the rain. Dan, you've got an actual raincoat, don't you? No. What? I have a big heavy coat. I don't know if it keeps out the rain or not, because I never go out in the rain. It keeps out the wind, though. That's all that matters. You guys are such nerds. I, I really nerd. don't you, think that's a nerdy what? thing. Weather <laughs> fashion, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> fucking nerd. Scared of water. Actually, that doesn't sound plausible. Now that have, you never spent, that like, have you never had to spend like an entire day outside in the rain? No, if yeah, it rains, I just, I just don't go outside. accept it. I haven't I had to get, go out in the rain in two years. I just get wet and accept it. I haven't had to go out in the rain in two years. What the fuck? And I have a big head of hair, so it takes a while for the water to sink through. And generally, by then, I'm back inside and dry. I'm not going to fucking drown, dude. I'm just going to Tesco or whatever and then having pints in the park. Pints in the park getting rained on. What the fuck? The worst thing that's going to happen to me when I go outside in the rain is my socks get wet. And that's going to make me very angry. And I'm going to be angry for the rest of the day. But that doesn't matter because that's unavoidable. The umbrella's not going to protect my little feetsies. And, then, and in Ireland, it's either drizzle, which you can just power through in your grand, or it's absolutely shitting down, stay inside. Why are you going outside, right? So I, I suppose the decision's already made for power. me. Well, I suppose, I suppose I come from the perspective of having done lots of outdoorsy sports down, down the years and been in scouts and stuff. And yeah, I just couldn't understand how anyone would go about life without owning a proper raincoat. Trousers optional. I used to own a raincoat when I was in the Scouts. But as soon as I fell into the the indolency and idleness of adulthood, I was like, ah, that's grand. I don't need that anymore. Going out in the rain is for a previous stage of life. Huh. That's why we invented roofs and walls and windows. Right. You get all the benefits, all the light, all the air of being outside without having to get wet. You don't get all the air. Or the light. You do if you open the window. Mm. The light, Which I do occasionally. Light in if you open the window. 
That's true as well, actually, yeah. Well, it's not just knocking on the window waiting to get let inside. No, but the air is. Fair. I assume that's, I assume that's the noise that's make, being made, and it's not someone who's climbed up onto my balcony and is trying to get in. <laughs> um, do you ever hear... Do you know what, just, obviously, now we're out more in person. You know, we're just, just outside more, in places more. Um, do you ever just hear people talk, and you just kind of think, like, that is insane, and I cannot believe that came out of your mouth. You must have heard this, and they just seem like they don't hear it. Like, they don't understand how what they've said is crazy. Like I, got off, I got off a plane late, uh, just uh, Sunday night, Monday night, uh, from Edinburgh uh, at Dublin Airport, of course. And as soon as I got off the plane, I heard the guys in front of me. You know, the way at the airport, you get really dawdly yep. people on the travelators. Mm-hmm. Well, dawdly couple on the travelator. One turns to the other and says, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm off that plane. I just couldn't wait to get back on the bag. <laughs> That's a great example. Jesus. It's insane shit. And like, what's the hurry? You're not going to, clearly they're not going to get near their drugs until they get home. So, but But I'm sorry, you just, you just came from Edinburgh. You're telling me you couldn't find fucking Coke in Scotland? Well, I think he probably found Coke in Scotland and was desperate for another hit, but that desperate for another hit, like, like he didn't say get out of Scotland and get back on the back. He said, off the plane. Get off the plane and get back on the bag. So at best, <laughs> at best, he had to bin his little baggy before security or something. That's awesome. That's if you fucking story. if you even toned that down and said that about alcohol, you'd be like, "Fuck, that's what you've got. You've got a problem there." Yep. Well, no, yeah. you can drink on the plane, so maybe it didn't arise. Uh, it's true. Yeah, but then you <laughs> have that gap between the plane and security where there's no drink to be had. That's a second. A, a second carrot of. of Second cart of um of in flight service of cocaine, heroin, <laughs> little MDMA, sir. Okay, it's Ryanair though, so they charge you too much for it. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. That's such a good, that's such a great example. The uh the one I was thinking of is me and Eva were in the Stevens Green shopping center recently, and this this happened a little while back. I just I keep forgetting to bring it up. The Stevens Green shopping center, and a woman turns to this other woman that she's with. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out how to get up to the next floor and she says oh the escalators didn't used to be here they must have moved them <laughs> and I have been thinking about this anytime I walk by there like easily a couple months now they must have moved do you think they regularly moved what fucking Harry Potter world do you fucking live in where this fucking Shopping center is shifting its fucking escalators around, you psychopath. They you think it's like uh, they think it's like roller coaster tycoon or The Sims. You just click it and drag it, and it's somewhere else. <laughs> it's it's just been. I cannot believe this is something that came into their head. They said out loud and like never, like didn't even think anything of how crazy that sounds. Like actually, how lunacy that is. Actually, moves the escalators. What now? The now that you say that, I also heard one of the stupidest things I ever overheard in the Stevens Green Shopping Center. When <laughs> it just I got the people did. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I got on. I was going on the. I was on the second floor, and I was. Get, I got on the escalator to go down to the, to the ground floor, and um, a person stepped on the escalator down behind me, and I heard him say to his friend, "Oh fuck! I thought this one was going up." And I was like it was going down. It's it's sloping downwards. I don't understand how you can think it's it's going to take you upwards. <laughs> and then to admit that you made that mistake. 
Instead of just being like, oh, sorry, actually, we need to go up and go on the next one. Says, oh, sorry, I completely misunderstood direction, uh, slope, even... height. Like, <laughs> there's no steps, dude. You're looking at nothing. <laughs> Wait, what? I thought I thought I was going to do like a loop-de-loop and then end up higher. Because if this step just like kind of floats up like a fucking video game or something, like he's playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Just floats him up to the top level and then goes back down. It loops back on itself. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, sometimes people just... I just hear people and I just think, like, did you not... You didn't... You didn't catch yourself here? It's worse when you see a tweet. It's worse when someone tweets something you think, like, I don't... I don't get what this is. Like, someone tweeted recently and they tried to say that, oh, isn't it funny that, uh, since the Ukraine war started, COVID news has disappeared. And someone responded to them and they're like, yeah, I noticed that, that they don't comment on it anymore. And so- someone followed up to them saying, what, they-, they was like, yeah, I just find it interesting how like, you know, it's completely stopped altogether. Like you think they'd be able to report on both. And I replied to them, I was like, they do report on both. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know so what- is. I don't know is, what is, news outlet you're reading, but I guarantee they have COVID and also Ukraine updates at the exact same time. So like, I'm, I trying to, I'm trying to understand. I will bet any level of money. Literally, name your <sighs> price, and I will guarantee I will put that money up for us to bet on this. And the response to me was, yeah, I don't really give a shit about COVID, though. I was like, what? <sighs> so wait, were they making That's- the point that... They were COVID trying to say isn't that real, they, and this is the new were, manipulation yeah. thing. Or yeah, were they exactly. trying to say, "Oh, the media is 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 too one track"? No, they were trying to say that COVID's not real, and it's you can tell that it's not real because they immediately stopped reporting on it as soon as the war happened with the Ukraine. Um, which is far from the truth. Like, just it. I fucking wish that COVID was gone and we could never hear about it again. It's not. It's still just as fucking much a part of the news cycle as everything else in the fucking world is, unfortunately. Because this is the world we're living in. Sorry. But I just thought it was so funny that they're like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And it's like, what's weird? The thing that's not true? The easy, verifiable information? And then the response to me just like acknowledging it and being like, yeah, well, I don't really give a shit about COVID. It's like, Right, but you also said that they're not... What? What are you talking about? <laughs> you you guys are psychopaths. You guys are fucking freaks. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of um of other weird examples. I froze that just I... there. It's fine, I think we're back now. I think we froze up for a second. Keep going. No, I, I'm just trying to think of other weird examples of things I've overheard people saying recently. Um, I, I did overhear someone the other day when I was walking down. Um, it was it was the last long weekend, and I was um, just walking by uh, Glasnevin Cemetery, and there was an old man walking with his daughter, who essentially pointed at, he pointed to the cemetery, and said, "I'll be in there one day." To not to his daughter, to his <laughs> granddaughter, to like this twelve year old, like like. Yeah, true, but not the kind of not the conversation starter. Just casually traumatizing your your granddaughter. One day I will die. And then he crawled over the gate and started walking towards a hole. <laughs> now, come back. in fact, <laughs> just walking towards a big fucking hole. <laughs> this hole is made for me. <laughs> oh man. 
Okay, we should start wrapping up here. Um, it's been a bit of a weird episode. It's you always got to wrap up. God, that's not true. Especially if it's raining. As me and Dan discussed earlier, pre-made wedding vows are all about knocking up the misses as soon as you get a ring on it. Which is why we don't do pre-made wedding vows. <laughs> who wants, who wants to uh, tell their entire family? Can't wait to come in it. I don't know. Not me. Um, we should probably I, wrap up. It's my... been a little bit of a weird episode. I have a lot of. Um, unfortunately, I it, it's it's my fault. We have to lock down early. I have a lot of stuff coming up that I have to get get on board with, and it's been a very busy week. Um, so this episode's a little bit weird, but we'll be back with normal, regular episodes very, very soon. Um, and they'll be there going forward. Bye. Ciao, friends. Thank you.